It is episode 33 of Honestly Unbalanced and we chat to Swedish meditation teacher, author, podcaster and app founder Magnus Frid to tell you a little bit about Magnus. When he was 17, his life took a bit of a turn. He'd grown up as a really restless child and his family was, received a visit from Karma, a Tibetan youth they were sponsoring. He was initially massively sceptical of anything new age, but eventually he realised the power of meditation and mindfulness. He eventually travelled to Nepal to practice meditation and later on specialized in Indology at the University of Stockholm. Now he teaches meditation, yoga, uh, in person and online to classes, small and big and even conferences. He's written a few books. One of them is The Art of Stillness in a Noisy World, which is a down-to-earth guide or kind of a survival guide to help you find balance in modern life. It's divided into three parts, the everyday, nature and meditation. The book is awesome and it looks awesome. Uh, this chat is so nice and so wholesome. We hope you enjoy. We massively did. Oh, and by the way, guys, we can hook you up with two affiliate discounts. First, Lifeform, the yoga mats. I've used them forever. Holly now has almost two. Uh, and with code The Hustlers, all capitals, you get 10% off. And they've got an awesome new blue and multicolored mat you can check out. Also, is a protein brand, and more it's more than protein, but innermost. Now, I've actually been using them since they launched about three or four years ago. I met the founder, and the founder's great. Uh, and now I've got an affiliate code for them as well. So it's Adam H-10 gets you a significant discount there so the brand is innermost and it's all caps adam h hyphen 10 is the code there have a little peek but now you enjoy the podcast honestly unbalanced come on yeah holly's a face person holly reads faces you're like oh he's got such a nice face or that person they've got such a such a good soul i didn't think that about you when i first yeah fair enough <laughs> but have, have you always had do you think you have you have you do have a naturally welcoming face but is it a naturally welcoming face do you think or has met a long-term meditation practice maybe changed how you are or change how people perceive you uh as, as a school kid i don't think i was like that i always think i had a struggle with the teachers and i wasn't at all the one that you liked at, at the first <laughs> meeting um but uh, of course, meditation changes you and life changes you. And who am I to say if uh, I'm nice or not to meet? Probably ask my daughters. So <laughs> we'll have a very honest answer on that. So some days, yes. Some days, okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's teenage daughters you have? I have two teenage wow. daughters, yes. When, yeah. they were, when they were younger, were they a challenge? Mm. We've spoke to a few people now who have been recent parents. And they're talking about how that's when the yoga practice started. Mm. So when your daughters were younger, when they maybe were, were more fussy or louder or cried a lot more, was that a real challenge to your wellness? Of course, it is a challenge uh, and it should be a challenge. Uh, but I started, I, started, uh, um, I started when I was a teenager. So I already had a very strong meditation practice, mm. but... but um, uh, my second daughter also have a special story, and actually, I wrote one book. It's called in Swedish. It's called Viloleg. It's like rest state. Okay. Rest state. Rest state yeah. is like when the computer goes down. To, yeah. It's a resting state, 
and it's actually about my second daughter because she was born with a rare rare condition uh, with a lot of problems on the spine she had to undergo about 25 surgeries oh my gosh years and she had are partly deaf and also have problems with uh, some other things oh gosh uh, so so i what i felt was that this is really my uh, my challenge to see and actually the book starts with uh, with a scene when she underwent her uh, last surgery actually actually and at that time she was um, 12 years old i think and they had to lock all her uh, spine mm. she, she had before that she had bracelets in the spine okay and and uh, they they couldn't they wanted to remove the the bracelets and then they had to lock it otherwise the scoliosis would mm-hmm. uh, yeah, be too the angle would be too deep and the, her breathing yeah, uh, her lines would be, be problematic with the breathing so so it starts with that I, that I'm, I'm at the hospital that night with her and she had a, a terrible pain actually full of morphine of course uh, and I thought to myself uh, does this work does meditation work can I find calmness can I find some space and sign some perspective even in this situation and uh, so i sat down there and i meditated and i i shouldn't at all make it more romantic as it was because it was terrible actually yeah. it was so terrible but even in that situation i felt the effect of meditation i felt that i could let go of all the unnecessary assumptions about the future and the anxiety about the future and i don't have to how do you say, um, um, think about all the hard things we have been through the past days and I don't have to feel sorry for myself. I felt that I can refresh myself and I can at least be a little stronger version of my, myself and support her in the best way. So even in that situation, I felt that it worked. So, uh, so I think uh, I tried it uh, uh, with my kids. And, but then, of course, some days... The same daughter, now she's 17, she says that uh, it's a joke. <laughs> books, books about meditation. All your students, they should see the real face of you. <laughs> <laughs> That's very honest. <laughs> this, is a, this is her ace, you know. <laughs> so does she, does she not practice meditation then? If you, you've tried to get her into it, but she does, she's not interested? We did before, actually. She mm. had a very strong, strong focus, uh, very strong mind. Yeah. So we used to sit down for about ten minutes, but then you know, you're a teenager. You yeah. Don't want to do things that your dad yeah. is doing. Yeah. But they they see what I do, and of course they will get inspired. Mm. But yeah, mm. they try to stay quite relaxed with it. So my, what my late meditation teacher, Michael Stone, he wrote a book with. Oh, Matthew. Michael Stone. Yeah. yeah so he was my teacher. Uh, and oh, he, really? I didn't know. Yeah. Mm. So he wrote a book with Matthew Remsky called Family Wakes Us Up. And it was yeah. when they were both, I think, expectant fathers. And they, mm-hmm. they, wrote, they wrote that, like the letters they wrote to each other then. Do, did you try to incorporate some kind of mindfulness when you, even if it wasn't in your face, when you were bringing your children up? Like, I, I, I can't imagine having children, but mm. how to teach them to be mindful without it being so overt. Yes, I think I did that. And I, I think uh, the first mindfulness I had to incorporate, uh, it was to, to uh, how to say, 
it's even harder for us yoga and mindfulness people because as, as we spoke about before sometimes we think well, that we are we have some special skills mm. sometimes it's very easy to have these skills when you're alone in a retreat mm-hmm. yeah when totally. you're with your best friends yeah and, i mean i don't some meditation teacher t- teacher wrote something like if you think you are enlightened first go home for christmas <laughs> and then come mm. back and then we talk <laughs> yeah. again it's something like that i think yeah i think it was right was it ramdas so Ram yeah. Ram Ram yeah, yeah. i love that one that's so good one. Yeah, it's good, and and um, so so um, I think the first thing was to 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 hold hold that space for myself, and I think that is mindfulness, and it's also mindfulness uh, together with self compassion and acceptance, to hold that space big enough to understand that I am not perfect, mm-hmm. and I have quite a lot of issues here going on, and I got I got quite quite ag- agitated when they. Shout, shout and scream all the time and when they they don't eat uh, when, when we said we want to do it and, and uh, use the clothes that we mm-hmm. bought uh, the evening before going to kindergarten and stuff like that mm. of course you, you you are not perfect that's i think that is very interesting with mindfulness to 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 be kind enough to hold that space for yourself so all those feelings and thoughts and sensations can run through your body and then you can start at least you can see see those issues and you know what you have to work with and i mean that that is much harder than kaputasana in intermediate series in <laughs> yeah I, I promise it's much harder of course that that is physical much harder but this is nagging you over and over again and, and it's a mixture of frustration and total love to the kid so it's very <laughs> going back and forth mm. yeah so i think i try to do it and i try to do it in and i try to at least i i, I, I try to f- see compassion as something that you hold space for someone else and this is something i have to train actually myself because when i was young i had a, quite a lot of problem with this uh, hd adhd yeah mm. yeah so i really try to listen carefully and I try to listen, not with a, as a role of just a father who says that you have to think like this, you should do like this, and correct what they talk about. Uh, I try to more lean back and listen what comes out, give them this space to, to feel that they can speak open mm. about their feelings, their life. <clears throat> I love, I love what you said about um, holding space for yourself first. Um, mm. I guess, do you think that that's, it's really important to focus on you first and working out your own kind of issues first before you can start to kind of help other people, as it were? In some sense, I think so. But probably because you will maybe never reach the goal, so you have to do the work parallel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 totally. Uh, yeah, but but I think it's, it's a very important i think to, mm. to work with self-compassion yeah and i think that we in in those in this time we have to do with a lot i think we, especially mm. we're also in a lockdown a lot, a lot of things going on mm. i i feel <laughs> a lot of the people that say they're doing self-work are actually kind of assholes <laughs> because they because <laughs> they, true. No, because they forget <laughs> they forget there are other people beyond them and mm. actually mm. in some sense 
so, mm. some types of self-work work, or some mm. kind of approach to self-work makes you quite self-obsessed or I quite know. egocentric this is paradox this and, is and, and paradox. i like what you said there about doing the work mm. in parallel and that yeah. is so important mm. you can do mm. self-work without being completely mm. selfish <laughs> yeah you've got to find the balance yeah. haven't you and this is this is very i think i like many things that you said there about the assholes and, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no but i mean uh, p- people who are in the yoga world and you've been there for a long time and also in the meditation world we know that it's just human beings we have to understand that Mm. When I, I when I, I traveled to India when I was 20 years old and I traveled with um, my parents, Tibetan sponsored child, mm. um, who was a few years older than me. So we took him around to all those places, wow. with all those uh, gurus and lamas and Rinpoches. And I was after some time, I got quite disappointed. I thought it should be so clean and so perfect yeah. and something else. But I realized that even there is human beings struggling with human things yeah Mm. and that i think that really is what spirituality is isn't it it's not this enlightened state where you're kind of floating above everyone else it is actually grounded in this earth and it is messy and and chaotic and that's what it is i think yeah at least my life is like (laughs) welcome to the club (laughs) apparently on on that on the topic of tibet apparently the dalai lama's brother uh, I forget his name, but I read mm. about him in a book by uh, a travel writer called Pico Ayer. Mm. And Pico oh, Ayer, yeah. you know Pico? Or, yeah, he wrote a book with almost the same name as my book. Oh, Yes, that's it, he did. And, but I think that was a TED Talk. That was a TED Talk that he kind of compressed. Oh. No, he wrote that little book. Yeah, the little book. with a, little It, book, it was, yeah. it was it basically his TED Talk. Yeah, it was similar. Yeah, it but, was basically his TED Talk. But, yeah. but he wrote uh, a big book on... Mm. on uh, like to, on the Dalai Lama because he his dad was really good friends with the Dalai Lama so he had access to him so he he'd known the Dalai Lama since he was a child but mm. he spoke about the uh, Dalai Lama's brother and the deep conversations we'd had with him and he was apparently very real and ve- mm. like speaking mm. as if we were all humans we've all got massive flaws mm. and apparently he mm. is very wise as well in a, in a very mm. different way but talking about like, bringing us down or bringing all the ripochets and etc down to that level level, Mm. down to a normal human being level and that Mm. is that is so important Mm. not i think to put people on a pedestal yeah as you say to realize everyone is human i guess Mm. as a teacher do you Mm. ever find that that people put you on a on a stage or a Mm. pedestal and think you are you are so wise you can't do anything wrong and how would you deal with that guru magnus sometimes i i receive some messages especially on instagram that people uh, kind of put questions that I, I have all the answers mm. or, or maybe I add a story to Instagram or something when I do some family stuff and so I got the reaction are you doing these things uh, <laughs> or, are you e- eating these things or are mm. you drinking these things but I really I really don't want to be that guy I yeah. have problems with that actually yeah. um, because I be- went through that I was in the Buddhist community since I was very young I was very close to, 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 to uh, especially uh, one lama. We became very close friends. And, and uh, I, I went through all this refuge and I got the Tibetan name and all this. But, but now I feel more mature in my, my practice. I want this to be part of my life. And I, I really don't care if you call it Buddhism or if you call it... Mm. I, I don't, I, I don't want a Tibetan name or anything like that. Yeah. I just want to 
try to be okay. Mm, that's nice. <laughs> I think that's really important. But sometimes I have to take the role of a teacher. Yeah. That's oh, yeah. also interesting. I think you also can experience that because sometimes we have to place ourselves in those roles to, yes. to, to, uh, to guide other people's. Mm. But, but mm. you never take advantage of it. I think that's a problem. Mm. And there's quite a lot of that out there, I think, isn't there? People that are abusing their, their roles as teachers. And I think Terrible. also without even realising a lot of the time, and that is quite a challenge yeah. to not let things mm. get to your head. You know, when people mm. look at you as the as a guru or whatever, it's it must be mm. quite difficult to, um, yeah, to release some of that. Mm. And you know what mm. I'm trying to say. Power mm. corrupts. Do, do, Power corrupts. Do you have this problem a lot? Uh Oh gosh. Um I mean I think as teachers we all get people like you said message mm. and sort of mm. and and give you praise and mm. no one doesn't like to receive that. You know it's nice when someone tells mm. you that they love what you do mm. and you're really helping them. Um but I guess you have to do that in a work to keep yourself in check and to keep the ego mm. um at bay and mm. yeah but generally I don't think I've ever really but had a massive ego to be honest but what all of us have done I think all three of us is being fairly authentic from the start like mm. holly you know will teach mm. a class and say oh guys you know i'm having a crap day today yeah, you know, I do. Oh, mm. and mm. i will mm. i've never shied away from running anything on social media about mm. whether it be me drinking alcohol <laughs> or eating well. or eating the very occasional steak or whatever mm. it's mm. it's it's honesty yeah and i think if mm. you're honest mm. from the beginning then mm. you don't need to be scared of of constantly trying to hide something. Because yeah. I think any no. ki- any kind of mm. lie, even if it's just mm. creating an alternative mm. persona, it can become really consuming. Mm. So I mm. think it's actually mm. quite refreshing and actually makes it easier mm. for yourself in the long term if you're as yes. authentic as possible yeah. and you put that out there. Which is quite scary because it's showing mm. yourself, isn't it? It's being totally vulnerable. And I think people yeah. associate, you know, showing your vulnerability with... Um, it was just a really terrifying thing to do. You know, what are people going to think of me? But actually the opposite happens. I think generally, you know, most people are good and they want to help you. And they then they see mm. that a connection mm. between you and them when you are vulnerable. Mm. And um, I found that I've had the most rewarding experiences and messages, you know, from sharing, you know, from my heart and my soul, even if it's been scary. And it's really, really helped mm. other people to be able to do the same. So, mm. and I think that the world is moving towards that as well, which is a really lovely thing because it means connection, doesn't it? So, that's also a very nice perspective. I think that we have to repeat over and over again that the world is built up on 99% very uh, nice people. Yeah. And, uh, but it's easy to focus on that last percentage. That's so true. So, so I think that's very, very, especially now with yeah. what's happening around us in the world, in the US and such. But, but, but uh, so, so I think that's a very good perspective. Mm. Uh, even the social media, I think it's a, it's a lot of critics about that. But to be honest, in this during this corona time it saved us actually yes yeah i think so can, how we can connect how we can announce our online uh, range uh, events and, yeah uh, yeah it is showing a really human it is showing a real human side of people i think um yeah, yeah you know people at home things going mm. wrong online technical issues <laughs> even even yeah. seeing people's living room yeah exactly even in a yoga nice. class yeah. seeing someone's living room Very rather nice. than a studio Very you get nice. to really feel like you yeah, know them and a little bit about nice. them yeah. which is kind of refreshing now going in a slightly kind of non-linear direction yeah so yeah. we're now in Let's a world do. we're now in a world now where you're like you're in demand massively uh mm. meditation 
has vastly increased in awareness you know thanks to various apps you know including your own your app is mindfulness uh, yes which, which i'm not a part of any longer i i i i sold my part okay three years ago it mm-hmm. should be said but but that, the app is still happening mm-hmm. yeah and i was gonna say now it's it's in demand how has that changed your life in a sense did you have to respond to that or were you already there doing your thing and there was just more demand for it now which is wonderful both i would say in terms of practice it's actually just the same and i feel very i feel very older i get i feel very how to say grounded in my own practice mm. if, if if my business would uh, uh, just get destroyed or there's no business anymore i i will still have my practice that, that's no doubt i do i do my yoga my asana practice and i do my Buddhist uh, at the moment called the Nundra practice, which is a special. Uh, and what what is that? Nundra practice is a it's a, a fundamental. Quite Nund means something that goes before in Tibetan, and Draw means that go. So it's a it's a fundamental meditation deepening practice that uh, is based upon very much on work on understanding of impermanence and emptiness and accumulation of merits so how to say get rid of negative thoughts of pride and ego and stuff like that so it starts with a very very special first step that is quite demanding actually you you do something called prostrations i don't know if you know the word yeah yeah with with your with your uh, body mind and speech you show your respect Mm. so almost bowing bowing getting on the floor it's like, yeah, you go all the way to all the, the way floor. down, yeah, the full line, and also the forehead to the floor, mm-hmm. almost like, like a very slow burpees. <laughs> In a sense, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's exactly the same. It, we can call it slow burpee. I like that. A burpee bow. Uh, I think it may, makes it more understandable. <laughs> but, but the problem is that if you go to the gym, they will say three times fifteen burpees. <laughs> but the Lama say you do this hundred thousand times. Wow. <laughs> and then they say. For sure, you won't be mindful at least 10% of 100,000 times. So add on 10,000. Mm. And the same on this one. So you end up on 111,000. That's the first part. Not in one go. <laughs> no, it will take I, I one thought, year. I, it will I take thought, one year. I thought it was one go. <laughs> it's, it's quite challenging, actually. You can mm. do maybe one, 100, 200 every day, something like that. Wow, okay. okay. Uh, and that's so, step one. So, so that's step one. Yeah. So, I, so I'm doing soft burpees at the, uh, right now. This is, that's me. <laughs> Soft, perfect guy. <laughs> and is that is that so? You have a yoga asana practice. Ashtanga yeah. is your background, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. And then, then meditation, or does meditation happen at a different time? No, I learned meditation when I was very young, when I was six and seventeen years yeah, old. Yeah. Can we My... talk about? Sorry, going back linear the other way. Can you tell us how yeah. you got into it then, as you were going in that direction? Yes. And sometimes I I, I go too deep, so please interrupt me. No, no, no. I... no we like that. Go for it. But but uh, my parents, my mother uh, in particular, had a sponsor child, and it was a Tibetan boy who was in exile in India, in Dram, uh, south of Dharamsala, where, where Dalai Lama had mm. his uh, settlement. And um, uh, this was before I was only three, four years old when it all started, I think. But ever since I, I remember something, uh, that, uh, there was this guy called Karma who lived in India. Karma. And... Um, uh, it means star, actually, in Tibetan. Is that what oh. it means, star? In Tibetan. Uh, yes, yeah, in Tibetan. In Tibetan. Yes, oh. in Tibetan. Right, uh, star. that's lovely. His, his name is Karma Tsering, 
Seah means life. The ring full is li- uh, long, so mm. the star with a long life. Oh, lovely! That's lovely. Um, uh, so we started to 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 write the traditional mails uh, letters to each other, pen pals. Uh, when I was uh, when I grew up, so we became like god brothers on distance. And then when I was um, 16 years old, something like that, my mother invited him to Sweden for three months. Actually, I think it was. There was also some thoughts that to uh, adopt him at an earlier age. So he was very close. And uh, so, so what happened was he, he was 19 at that time and he was in university. He spoke very good English and he had a very, how to say, intellectual and theoretical view on religion and stuff. Mm-hmm. Which he knew about the Western culture. So I got myself uh, almost like a Buddhist teacher. In my <laughs> wow. And I was in that age. I had so much thoughts. Um, I don't believe in God. I'm sure about that. But I have so much restlessness. And this, this ADHD was really nagging me. So uh, at that time, uh, he gave me some books about Dalai Lama. And I lived in a very small town in the south of Sweden, so you couldn't go to the big library and find Buddhist books. Mm. There wasn't anything there. Um, so I started to meditate. When he went home, I started to med- meditate. We took a decision that the next step was I was going to visit him in India. Uh, and I started to meditate with the, with the very poor instructions in one of Dalai Lama's books. It was very simple, like shamatha meditation, or mm. just focus on the breathing, count to ten, and start again, and stuff like that. But even with that poor instruction, mm. I felt some very, for me, from an ADHD perspective, it was uh, fantastic, miraculous almost, because I felt that I'm not the restlessness, I'm not all this self-criticism, I'm not all those thoughts. And there is something behind it, and it's look. It looks like it's very vast and spacious, and I felt for the first time in my life, actually, I felt that uh, I could relax and I felt uh, that I have a body. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I almost didn't know it was so much up here in the head all the time. So alcohol didn't work for me. I never tried any drugs. Uh, so so uh, I started to. Um, I didn't fit very well into sports, so I started doing meditation at that point. So I went back and forth to visit Karma in uh, India. And later on, he moved to Nepal, and I was there almost every year for some time. At the same time, I started uh, in university. I tried to, to, to point all the subjects into to, uh, Tibet. <laughs> so when I studied contemporary history of literature, I wrote my exam paper about uh, Tibetan yogi Milarepa and his poems. Mm. And I, I moved to Stockholm just to, to study Tibetan language and Sanskrit in university. Oh, wow. And again, I, I wrote about Milarepa. And at this time, I could also read some small poems in, in Tibetan. So, so uh, and, and to, to, to wrap that up, it also is beautiful that how things happen in life, that we are still karma. He doesn't need our economical help anymore. He has a nice house in Kathmandu and a uh, family. And his teenagers are friends with my teenagers. Oh, wow. oh, Snapchat and Instagram. <laughs> and I visit him almost every year now. And I also arrange uh, trips to Nepal, meditation trips to Nepal, uh, mm. the same monastery. And at that time, I always, I always try to stay a few more weeks just to, to stay with Karma. And wow. do, does he have himself like a meditation practice still? Is that part of what he does? 
He's a Buddhist, of course. The, the Tibetan, Tibetan, Tibet is very hard to to to, to put a line between culture and, and religion. Mm. He's a Buddhist, but very few Tibetan Buddhist people do silent meditation, like what we say, like inside medit- uh, vipassana, sitting yeah. mm. silence. The monks they do, of course, but it's much more focused on recitations of mantra, accumulation of merits. Uh, like you go to the temple and do offerings and prayers and stuff mm. like that. So that's a, they have like a special meditation altar room in their house, and he's, do, he's doing the soft purpose, of course, <laughs> every day. <laughs> uh, but uh, but uh, I, I wouldn't say that he he, uh, he do the silent meditation part. So w- were you hooked from the start when he first introduced you to meditation? Was that it? Did you then start a really dedicated practice every day? And was, and also was it was it challenging? Because I think there's this myth that meditation is just supposed to be really calming and euphoric. And actually, it's, it's probably worth making the point that it's actually really, really challenging sometimes as well. So do you want to talk a little bit about that? First, first. It was a- absolutely love at first sight, I would say, oh. because I felt I felt such a relief. I felt such a relief, and I, uh, I mean, you know, you've been, you've been seventeen. You know how it can feels in the body yes. and the mind. So I felt a big relief, and I was very happy. Um, but but I also had, of course, this critical mind. So I didn't jump into the Buddhist context immediately or the meditation context immediately. Uh, I did it a lot of things. I tried it out on myself. But then I come to a point that I, I really needed a teacher. I had so many questions. Uh, so it's been back and forth. First was love at first sight. And then, then uh, yeah, I went through a lot of struggling. And I still do, of course. Mm. Meditation is, it's, uh, you can go very deep. Um, yeah. But uh, I've been doing it. Uh, yeah, I've been doing it since, since then. Actually. Wow. And that is, that's so refreshing to know. And I, <laughs> I think sometimes just from like a, a marketing point of view, that can sometimes get lost so much. Like you know, there's so many meditation books out there now, or you know, people that call mm. them meditation teacher, the yoga teachers, mm. and it's hard to see where knowledge is coming from, or really see lineage. Like often people don't like refer to their lineage now, and so it's mm. so nice to know actually mm. the background that you have, and to know that mm. what you're what you're saying and what you're teaching comes from a lineage of wonderful teachers. But not only that, but comes from your very much long-term practice. Yeah. And that, mm. that's what means mm. the quality. I'd hate to call it that, but the quality of your product, as it were, it is, is so high but because there is so much time and years and decades invested into it. Yeah. And it, sometimes it makes me smile how, how both strange, beautiful and funny life can be. <laughs> I mean, uh, I, I did those uh, meditation with Dalai Lama and I was very alone, actually. I had a lot of friends. In the, I was in the music business that time. I oh. had a band and I was, I was a punk rocker. <laughs> and, <laughs> Love and, that. But nobody wanted to hear about that. They just, oh, you do your thing. You do your Buddhist thing. But they never wanted to try it. So I felt quite alone. And also I jumped on this long before the yoga became a fashion. I studied Sanskrit in university and everybody said, you're crazy. Why do you study Tibetan? Mm. The old language is Sanskrit. is a dead language. It doesn't work any longer. So, uh, but, and then I became a yoga teacher and I went, they, they showed me, I didn't know. I, I mean, I studied Buddhist, but I didn't know about the Yoga Sutra. And they showed me the Yoga Sutra and I, what? I can read this alphabet. <laughs> so, I mean, ah. things, things that you do that 
seems totally <laughs> meaningless. Yeah. No, it's a quite nice skill to have on the CV. I bet, yes. they, were, I bet they were quite freaked out because you did your training in India. Is that correct? No, oh. I, did, uh, I did my meditation uh, training um, mostly here in Sweden under a Lama at the Tibetan Buddhist Center here. But I've also been in Nepal and I've done retreats there. And uh, But your yoga but, uh, training? My yoga t- training I did uh, later on here in Stockholm. Ah, yes. okay. Mm. I, I love I've also you- been... Uh, yoga a lot with a teacher called Alexander Medin, a Norwegian yoga teacher. So at that time, it was also certified by Patata mm-hmm. Joy. So I, ah. uh, Either way, they were probably quite freaked out by the, the Swedish guy reading, reading the original sutras <laughs> and reading we the We were Sanskrit. four guys in the class. It okay. was here in Sweden, actually. We're four guys. Two guys, they, they already did the course two times before. They oh, were wow. just, you know, they, wow. they, they stayed in the university. They yeah. liked that, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, set up. <laughs> I, I, I like what you said about um, not kind of not knowing why you're doing what you're doing. There's a really good Steve Jobs quote that I mm. always quote. I love it. And he says that you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect the dots looking back. So I think nice. you just keep yes. following, you mm. know, your, your gut mm. and your intuition mm. and what your heart leads you to. Mm. And then you look back and realize, well, oh, this is why I've done it because it's led me to who I am. I think think part of Steve Jobs' story was that he even, when he was at university, he did random uh, uh, calligraphy. Like calligraphy, calligraphy. He didn't know why, but he just rocked up in a calligraphy class, (laughs) and he was a person that created. That's the font. font, Yeah, fonts beyond the original, like the original whatever it was. Oh Mm. yeah, that's true. And also, he the only um, the only book he kept in his iPad was this uh, Yogananda. Really, really story story of. um, Sort of a yogi's life, or something like that. I think that book was um, not the autobiography yeah. of a yogi. That, yeah, that's yes. the one. Yes, oh, the one. Wow. yes, that's one. I heard that this was the only book that he had downloaded in his iPad, and oh. I think that book was also a gift for everyone uh, that came to his uh, memorial service to his funeral. Oh, really? Oh, I'm nice. not sure about that, but I. I I heard it. <laughs> Who did you hear it from? Have you just made that up? He went. He went. Oh. It wasn't your book, was it? The, the, it was. He gave away my book. At the inauguration last night, you got a copy of the oh, yeah, still in a noisy world. <laughs> when I did my slow burpees, I heard a voice in my head telling me this. Can, can you, for for the reader who's quite uh, sorry, not the reader, they're not reading, they're listening. For the listeners that are quite new to or have never tried meditation, what would you say? are the benefits you know if someone wanted to start and get into it and um, can you talk about some of the benefits of meditation how it might help i would say that uh, nowadays uh, you have a, a very uh, nice opportunity to to find uh, the the effects of meditation there there, there is a beautiful um, documentary on netflix called mind explained about oh, yeah. uh, a tibetan lama called mingu rinpoche he's been quite involved in google's it's search inside yourself program for mindfulness um, and he had uh, a lot of panic, um, what do you call it? Attacks. Panic, panic attacks mm. when he was younger. And, and uh, together with uh, Richard Davidson, a well-known mindfulness researcher, tell, tells about the effects about uh, meditation and mindfulness. But I would say that the first effect you receive is, is uh, a stress reduction and an increasing feeling of awareness in the moment. And then it's a matter of accumulating uh, pra- practicing hours because if you if you accumulate practicing hours, you will also experience that it will like um, um, you will you will feel the effects not only in the moment that you do the form of meditation, but also in the midst of your life. Mm. 
So that's the difference in between beginners and more experienced practitioners. Mm. For myself, I feel that the stress reduction is very easy to get. You don't have to do meditation for a very long time. We talk mm. about a couple of months, then you understand the technique, how you can strengthen, strengthen this muscle of attention. But, um, but more beautiful is that I, I really honestly can say, say that uh, when I do my, my daily meditation practice, I really feel that the the ego is very, how to say, is not very stable. It, it, it's, it, it feels very spacious, and I can almost feel like a difference in between me and others. Mm. And sometimes, sometimes I try I try to provoke my mind to think about things that have been uh, nagging me or um, been been the source to negative feelings. But in that moment. I can't. <laughs> I can't be angry. I, I can be angry, but for very short <laughs> few seconds. But there is nothing that can fuel the anger anymore. Does it resonate to you? Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. It, is that and there is nothing? Uh, if I don't talk to 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 this thing that provoking me, I can just I can see the other people and I can feel compassion. It is very natural. But if I want to raise hate and anger and stuff like that, I really have to connected to my story of my life yeah. and uh, you know all those to the ego so i feel uh, it's a very beautiful uh, beautiful uh, door to open it's like mm. open the door to a, to a summer day or something mm. like that that's such a nice way to put it isn't it <laughs> and I, th I i think then that that appears in your life very gradually without you realizing yeah definitely I think we, I, we, I, holly and i spoke about this together previously where you know, I've been practicing in some form, and we, but we both have for many, many, many years. Mm. And it's just, we kind of sat to talk to each other and realized we never get that angry or that no. sad, but equally mm. we never get like so excited that it's all crazy <laughs> and like, oh my God, this is happening in this moment. Yeah, that's so Everything true. Everything just became more steady. Mm. And I think obviously, because mm. it's so gradual, you don't realize yeah. it's happening. Yeah. Exactly. But then that's when you important. step back and yeah. look at it, you're like, oh my God, mm. I just, yeah. maybe that's why. Because it got to a point where I was traveling all over the world, teaching mm. big events. And I was like, nothing is like exciting me anymore in the sense of, mm. oh my God, I'm going to teach mm. on this stage. But equally, <laughs> equally nothing was ever stressing me out. And as oh. you said, kind of the ego, because I really like what you said, the ego becomes less stable. Mm. Yeah, less stable. That's the right. Word. And that's a really nice way of putting it, I think. And also you said something I read on your Instagram, one little post that was in English, something about <laughs> oh, how, <laughs> no, something about how, um, I think we've got such a short attention span. We want results so quickly these days. Yes. Um, but you made a really good point that you're not going to get it straight away. It's a, 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 a what's the word? Culmination? Mm. Culmination of, of lots of um, just making small changes every day rather yeah. than trying to focus on changing just massive things at one time and overwhelming yourself. Just little changes every day. And mm. that adds up to make the really mm. big differences. So I guess patience plays mm. a massive part in meditation, doesn't it? Pa pa patience and equanimity. Mm. Absolutely, and I think what you what you said there uh, that it happens gradually. I don't know. Uh, maybe it's idiomatic to Swedish, but we used to say that the path is the goal. 
Mm. Oh yeah. So, I mean that that is uh, you say that. Anyway? It's we say well I I've heard um the destination is the journey. The journey is yes. the way. Yes. Yeah, so that would the I guess that would be the way. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds not so swinglish. I love that. <laughs> 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 but uh, you know what I mean. Yeah. So so I think that is because you, you have to let go of your your uh, your desires and you, as you said I want it now. Mm. But mm. if you let go of that and you just uh, have, actually, I think you need that also. You have faith in the practice. Yes. Then this will start to happen. And then all of a sudden, we I don't get angry any longer. Mm. And it just happened. Mm. And of course, you can fail sometimes and you get angry again. It's totally okay. Yeah. But, but your, your, um, uh, your, your uh, bigger um, behaviors have made some some imprints have yeah. changed. Mm. Yeah. And this, I just think this, this is a, it made me think about a problem in the modern world slightly that people are so more open to practice yoga and meditation, etc. Mm. It's good, but at mm. the same time, people have so much more demand to get things done quickly and see results oh, yeah. quickly. Yeah. So oh. people want to do yoga within a few years, they want to be international yoga teachers, or mm. people want to do meditation and within a few weeks want to be enlightened. Mm. Mm-hmm. so it's wonderful that people want to do it but it's frustrating <laughs> that people want the results of it so fast uh, and what mm. do you say to like, it could be it will be a big trap i think yeah, uh, yeah. for many of those people but i think people they, learn they, they, yeah but what advice would you give to people uh when people come to you do you mm-hmm. how do you encourage people to continue to practice despite the mm. fact the effects might not be immediate mm. like, how would you step mm. how do you keep mm. people with you mm. I would say it's a couple of different steps. Um, first of all, I would do a, a, re- a reflection meditation, reflective meditation, uh, like a contemplative meditation, that you ask yourself in an honest, honest talk to yourself, inner talk, why do you want to learn meditation? Why did you sign up for a course? Maybe you paid a lot of money to, to go out on the countryside. What is your in the purpose mm. of this. This is very important uh, uh, to, to uh, speak out loud for yourself. Uh, and that intention, it might be reduced stress. It might be like me, had a lot of restlessness. And I, I felt that this can be a real problem for me in my life. I have to, to deal with it. Uh, so so a, a humble goal that I want to, to, to uh, that's why I, in the first place, started with this. And then when you, uh, so to speak, you, you have rainy days when you feel you don't want to do the practice, you go back to the intention. And you know that, that this is the reason. So I, I have to do the practice. Mm. Uh, and then after that, I think you have to, to put up a very moderate, uh, moderate uh, meditation every week schedule. Mm. Uh, and I mean, I, I talk to many very skilled uh, meditation teachers and almost everybody is saying like 10, 15 minutes is a perfect beginning. Yeah, so it's very compared to yoga. This is very short time mm. to invest. I mean, you can do shorter yoga sequences as well, but most classes are sixty to ninety minutes. Yeah. So ten to fifteen minutes, and see if you look at your schedule. When can I fit this in? Let's say if I look at the research, three four times a week, uh, something like that, and uh, look very realistically. So can I do this without interfering with my partner or children's schedule or anything like that? Mm. But I mean, hey, 15 minutes, 10 minutes. It's nothing, is it? No, it's nothing. 
<laughs> compared to Netflix, Facebook, Instagram. Yeah, exactly. We all know we have that time. I know. So if we signed up for a course of meditation, I think it's okay to to tell people to yeah. at least 10, 15 minutes. Start with that. And when that comes easily, then you can lengthen the time. Yeah. But I would be extremely proud of a meditation student if I meet a student after one year and they say, I've done, I've done meditation two times a week for 10 minutes each time. Mm. But I've done it. Mm. Yeah. For me, that's, that's, that's really something. That's a meditator for me. Yeah. Mm. And one thing I like to encourage after people meditate is for the same amount of time you've meditated, <laughs> at least try and be mindful in life. Exactly. Thank you. For Thank at least for, for at least yeah. the next half an hour, yeah. forty minutes. Like, yeah. don't meditate, yeah. then walk out the yoga studio and shout at the receptionist. <laughs> it doesn't work. It doesn't work. <laughs> it doesn't work. <laughs> but actually, making a concerted and I think if for me actually, I find that the most valuable bit of it for me when I think yeah. about incorporating mm. mindfulness into my life mm. is whether I have a yoga practice mm. or whether it be a meditation mm. practice, or especially if I've gone on retreat, mm. trying to actually mm. be that for an hour or for a few weeks afterwards mm. to try and stay aware of the mm. person that I mm. can be. Mm. And isn't that mindfulness? So, so the results you get from the, the meditation, you, you have this feeling of the results. To be mindful, to keep them stay with you and not redirect and let them go. Mm. So this is it's like watchtower. So this is what I gain from the meditation. This is a deeper, deeper me. Let's see now if can use the mindfulness to, to keep it with me. Mm. Also, when I go out to the receptionist, that might be an asshole, mm. but still, you are mindful to your behavior. Yeah. And when you're sat, I think people struggle with a lot um, thinking that meditation is about just having a blank mind and stopping your thoughts completely. Um, and I think a lot of people say oh I can't meditate because I'm ju I just think all the time I can't switch my mind off mm. and even mm. for me after I think I've been probably doing it maybe six or seven years now um mm. I still find it so so hard like I have thoughts coming in all the time and I try and bring myself mm. back to the breath but I feel like I haven't really gotten any further with it when I'm sitting practicing meditation but mm. I notice the effects more off at when I'm not Good. meditating so mm. it still must you know even if it's all to say really if someone thinks they can't meditate even just sitting and even if you are thinking mm. I think it's mm. the, the showing up that it's like it says I'm committed to this I'm showing up I'm here and that almost yeah. is enough to open the doorways mm. to shifts and changes when you're not doing it I think well, that's that's how I feel about it yeah I think it's it sounds like you you're doing it right and the, you know if you if you talk about shamatha the calm abiding meditation which is in many traditions, the first step to, to, to understand how to, to, to tame the mind a little bit. In, in, the first, in, or in, the, in the first two, three steps, they talk about that the, the mind is like a waterfall. But remember, you are at least at step one or two or three, but still the mind is like a waterfall of thoughts. Mm. And just momentarily, you can jump up on the beach and you can watch it yes. sometimes, but then you're back. Again. Yeah. Mm. So it's like... It's like but I, I think you can, uh, the mind won't be blank for a very long time. That, that's good to hear for beginners. And I think what is most about in the beginning, it's not about keeping it on the meditation object. It's more take it back to the object. Yeah. Mm. So yes. here you're just here for a few seconds, but with a very yeah. self, self compassionate and acceptance attitude and enthusiasm, if possible, and with a smile. <laughs> take it back over and you say, come home. 
Oh, that's a really that's a really that, nice point. That's what no, it's like a small kid, you know, that doesn't <laughs> want to stay in bed. You can't be, you can't say sleep, stay in your bed. It would just make even more mad. So you yeah. Sometimes yeah. with love, please go back. Oh, because that's what uh, that's that's what my, my meditate Michael Stone used to say a lot. It's all about oh, yeah. uh, when when you start. You would let your mind, the chitariti, the mind wander for 10 minutes yeah. until mm. you'd even realized that had happened. Yeah. It would take mm. you 10 minutes to realize you were thinking about buying a cat <laughs> and the logistics of yeah. owning a cat. Let's mm. buy a cat. But then, then, then over time, uh, mm. maybe over, it, it takes five minutes for you to realize. Then over time, a minute mm. for you to realize and come back. Mm. And that's mm. a skill is, 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 as you say, knowing that your mind is going to wander but mm. over time, decreasing the amount of time it takes for you to realize. Exactly. And that's that what is, it is the first success, if we can use the word success. But that exactly that, that the amount of time when you realize that you wandered away, mm. you can bring it back mm. with kindness. That will be shortened. Yes. And then all of a sudden, you're just with the, you're, you're okay with being mindful just with the thoughts and and you have this self-compassion mm. to use. Mm. It's, uh, keep, keep the space for yourself. And then when, when, so you've done the meditation, you know, 10 minutes a day or whatever it is. So the, the mm. gradual effects that you feel after that, um, I mean, well, for me personally, it would be yeah, feeling a lot calmer and having that space mm. before you react. So I think it's important to make the point no, that's, that, that's, that's nice. Point, yeah. Yes. Like feeling mm. the feelings, I think is really important. Mm. It's not about, I'm, I'm not angry anymore. I'm not sad mm. anymore because of course we feel all those things, but yes. it's just, you can kind of not the emotion but almost see the emotion and mm. decide to to not to not go there or just you know feel it a little bit but then realize but it's not, not going to serve it. you not indulge it for mm. too long and then choose how you want to react so i think what, that's the biggest benefit what for you, me. Said some, you said something nice there uh, you, you said uh, don't react uh, i think you said something like space. you make a space in between stimuli and response yes mm. exactly like that. Yeah. yeah that that is this uh, this gap yeah showing with my hands now <laughs> and, and you and the gap will be longer so stimuli will be here yeah and, and you can be reactive or yeah. you can just respond i i don't snap at my mum so much anymore <laughs> I can I breathe and I and I let her do her thing and I'm like I, lo I love you as just exactly as you are. She still snaps at me. <laughs> I heard a very I, I heard a very funny story. I don't remember where I heard this. Again, I don't have a source, <laughs> but I heard it. Uh, it was a mindfulness project in LA, I think. Oh yeah. In a, in a, in, a, in an area where they had a, quite a lot of problems with the, with the school uh, teenagers, um, and. Um, they, they invented this um, mindfulness eight-week program for, for, for the, I think they were 14, 15 years or something like that. I think it was TM actually. Uh, and when the course was about to wrap up, they asked the class, how, how do you find mindfulness? And, and, and one guy said, I love mindfulness. He was one of, one of the worst guys. <laughs> Before, when I went, went in the schoolyard, went around in the schoolyard, when I, some some people bumped into me, I just shut them. I just smacked them in the face. You say smack? Yes, yeah. yeah, smack. Yeah. Punched. 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 Punched <laughs> them in the face without noticing. Now, when I know the technique of mindfulness, somebody bump into me, I count to three, takes three deep mindfulness breaths, and then I punch him in the face. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so, I love that. <laughs> what does it say? It says baby steps, baby yeah. steps. <laughs> yeah. Maybe he could run away or something. <laughs> oh, that's but so funny. But the punch will come a little slower. <laughs> it's, it's, it's like a soft punch. And that's probably a soft, soft punch. Yeah. Soft punch. <laughs> no, that could be even a better punch. You might have a higher knockout rate if you thought about it more. A sloth punch. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> now, tell us a little bit, because we were on for about 50 minutes. So tell us a little bit Ooh. about you. So you are now an author of multiple books. Mm. You are two, two books. Two books. Yes. Two yeah. books. That's multiple. Let's say the name of the book. Well, we'll do it at the end. But yeah, the, that, that book that we've got in our hand is The Art of Stillness yeah. in a Noisy World. So written yes. books. You've got a podcast yourself as well, haven't you? Yes. With a, a, a yeah. co-host. Co- with, with my colleague, Sheila. Yes. Yeah. You, exactly. you are in demand at festivals. That's where we met at a festival. Mm. You... Mm. You are, I guess, because not Sweden is behind, but you are to a degree a pioneer in your country of this, to some degree. One, one of them, yes. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, yeah, I'm like a senior. Yeah, uh, yeah, indeed, practitioner nowadays. So, how how was that journey to doing something you loved and something that changed your life into something that is you know is providing a living for you and supporting your family? Like, how was mm. that transition? How has it been making something mm. that you love into something that also earns you money? Like, mm. can you talk a little bit around mm. that? It's, it's a story of my life, actually. And sometimes, of course, I think that can't I handle a normal job? Mm-hmm. Because uh, when I left university, I stayed there for far too long. I was there in six years or something like that. Uh, at that, that time, I was in a band in a rock band and uh, we released uh, two albums um, and uh, after when the band was over that career was over I, of course obviously that was my big hobby uh, side of, the, of meditation um, I was signed to Universal Music Public oh, wow. Publishing oh, wow. as a songwriter mm. because I was one or two writers in the band mm. so at that time I also switched my hobby into work so I went to my music studio every morning, nine o'clock, and I wrote songs for TV commercial uh, and different artists uh, from all over the world. And you know this Swedish uh, pop phenomenon, <laughs> like uh, it hits over. Well, at that time, it was studios all over Stockholm. So mm. so much co uh, what you say co-writing sessions every day, um, and I worked with that for ten years, and then I almost didn't know what to do but at that time iPhones showed up and also they started to talk about mindfulness and I was quite surprised to us it took my some it took me some time to understand the new secular uh, rhetorics about uh, mindfulness because mindfulness wasn't introduced like that in the Tibetan Buddhism it's, it's just a component that you use in all kinds of meditations but here it was something new and I met a friend and we were both very very um, uh, impressed by the what you can do with an iPhone, so we started to talk about it. It's just a, it's just this plastic and some glass, and it's what you put in it that matters. You can put stress in it, you can put music in it, you can put mindfulness in it. It's up to you. And everybody told us that no, 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 it doesn't work. You can't meditate with a with a multitasking instrument. <laughs> and at the same time, Headspace took off. Yeah. So it was something happened. This was 2010. Everybody was playing Angry Bird on iPhone. <laughs> this was the time. So we, we, we spent some money. We invested in some money. 
um, in in a prototype and, and then we released it and it, it became like a success here in Sweden. It was it was uh, I woke up one morning and it was uh, Angry Bird was number one on the chart and we were number two. Wow! This is crazy. Wow! This is exactly the same that I learned when I was 16, 17. Nobody wanted to try it at that time. Mm. <laughs> so again, it's beautiful how things happens in life. So it became my, my job. We built a company and uh, we had an investor and we were seven employees. And, uh, and then I came to a point where I wanted to do something different. I love to be in creative um, circumstances. So when it comes too much of iteration and maintenance, mm. I, I don't think it's so funny. Uh, so then I, I took the decision to, to make this my work, to just do the things that Adam just told write which i always i always been writing for myself mm. so 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 uh, in a way it, 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 i'm very i'm very happy and thankful and i i'm very sure right now i, I landed in that that this is what i'm going to do mm. uh, for the rest of my life mm. actually I, I have that feeling because so many signs through my life and now i also feel very grounded uh, because it's been a long time uh, but also I can feel that, uh, who knows, <laughs> all because I can't handle a normal day job. <laughs> <laughs> we never know that. <laughs> Do you feel that meditation has helped you just to keep taking that next step? As in, have you had, you know, a lot of self-doubt and fear that's kind of hold, held you back? Or do you feel that meditation has been a really good um, tool that's helped you to have the courage to step forward into what you're supposed to be doing? Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, uh, definitely. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I'm 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 different now from when I was just ten years back or fifteen wow. years back. Uh, so many things changed. Wow, I would never do this for fifteen years ago. Yeah. Speaking about my own practice like this. Well, thank you for sharing. Start meditating. <laughs> Start meditating, guys. Well, I, would be, I would be very shy, and I, I would feel that my English doesn't work. Wow. Self criticism yeah. would be there. And now I feel that it's okay. There's so many, <laughs> so many benefits. I hope there's, to there's it. such a big benefit of just yeah. not, not, not caring, but being just okay with stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah and, and it's up so and... liberating. Yeah, not care, not, mm. not caring. I love it. Mm. As I get older as well, I love it more. You're not caring much about your beard at the yeah. moment, no, are you? I and don't, I, I, your facial hair's a bit all over the place. Responsibility is one thing, but I, I know what you mean. It's different things. But as in, like, not if, caring about maybe voice or not caring mm. about, for me, like, being naked in a certain situation. Mm. I don't, like, it's mm. not... <laughs> when are you naked outside of... <laughs> I want to know what these a, situations... <laughs> this can be so weird if you now tell me that you don't have trousers, but you, because you're cut exactly... He doesn't actually, that's just his no, thing. No. He just likes to do this with... Now, we're going to do some quick fire... We're going to do some quick fire questions now. But one thing, oh, one yeah. thing I will have to add to what you said, because I think you put it nice there. It does... It, that thing is happening when you don't all the time do it for yourself. Mm. I, be, I do this. This is, this is, I don't share meditation because I want to be better or something like that. It's also my responsibility in the name of meditation and yoga that this is for, for sure. other people. Mm. And then it, I, my role is very, it, it's absolutely there. But it, oh, I that's mean, lovely. That, that's, that's really nice. Say, I don't. I don't care. Mm. I, I have a wonderful work, and I'm very thankful. You're being of service. Mm. Yes, yeah. service. Yeah. Mm. Quick fires. Yeah. <laughs> 
Oh, am I going first? Okay, can you suggest um, for the beginner who's interested in meditation? Um, I was going to ask a book, but you have a book. What a book that's not yours that a beginner yeah. can go to for meditation mm. advice? That's a good question. Uh, I, I would say like this: if you are uh, very interested in the research results, you should definitely. I show the Swedish one now, but it's called Altered Traits by the authors. Uh, Daniel Goldman and Richard Davidson. Is that in and, uh-huh. English as well? It, it is in English. All the traits. I think oh, it's, uh, all the traits. The all the traits. All yeah. the traits. Uh, and uh, it's about, they have done a, f- a great job. They went through all the research studies conducted in the field of mindfulness mm. with critical eyes. And I think out of 6,000 studies, they have now uh, shown that about 40, 50s, they really have something very serious things to say. Mm. Uh, but it also shows that meditation works. Okay, mm. so that's for there the research go. person, and that for the <laughs> uh, <laughs> and for the other person, I would say read read uh, "Search Inside Yourself" by uh, Shade Shade Tang, I think. It's a Search Inside Yourself. Google, yeah. Okay. He has the title uh, at Google. I think it's titled in "Jolly Good Fellow." <laughs> Nobody can deny. Another question is, if you could, what would you be doing more of? If there's one activity that you really like that you can't do so much of at the moment due to time, what would you love to do more of? Uh, study, study uh, boring reply. <laughs> study Sanskrit and Tibetan language. Wow. I miss that. What? Because I, I really like study language. What, on the cover, your, this book is beautiful, by the way. Like the images as well are beautiful. Mm. Uh, the person, there's a little ma- man or woman standing yeah. on top of the mountain. Is that you? I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it might be you. I want to say a deep meaning to that. <laughs> Who knows? No. It's no. Jack. And then I'm, one... I'm probably standing down and try to get yeah. up. <laughs> one final question: Is there any mo- motto or quote mantra. or mantra that means a lot to you and that, in some sense, keeps you going? Oh, that's a good one. I think. Um, I think. Uh, I thought one thing the other day. That I think it's very important for me in life to to have the feeling that I'm uh, I'm not more worth than other people, but not or, or, uh, not not less. Mm. So I, I always try to be. I don't I, I, when I m- meet people, I try to be kind to people, if, if it's a stranger or if it's a friend. I, at least at least I do my best. And Dalai Lama said that's so nice. If you can't be nice, at least don't do hard. Mm. Oh, yeah. if you don't have the ability yet to give love or be nice try first step don't do harm, don't do harm. That's, that's so nice. nice i love that we, should, we can leave it on that just end. before we head off tell us all the things we need to know about your instagram website your offerings at the moment that your people books. should know about you so what do we uh, need to know I, you will you will find me on instagram handle magnus underscore feed uh, so, so there you will ha- have the most uh, information about me. And as you said, uh, because of uh, this lazy guy, a lot of things uh, is written in Swedish. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, I, I really have to understand that I, I also have to communicate with, with uh, people who listen to the podcast and that uh, read my book. So it will be more in English. And I also prepare. I hope I can do some online course or. Uh, IRL course in in, uh, in UK or US when this is all over. 
Mm. And we'll, we'll be happy to support that when you do. Yeah. And the book that I'm holding again is The Art of Stillness in a Noisy World. Thank you so much. Thank for you your so time. much, Magnus. That was wonderful. Thank you. We'll thank do a, a formal nice goodbye book. and an informal goodbye in a minute. But yeah, thank oh, you so much. Yonder.